0: So use my discoveries simply to spark your own, to learn, think, and grow in whatever direction that takes you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the last podcast of 2019. Thanks for sticking with me this year through the inconsistencies. And I'm not sure what's going to come up for me in the new year, but I'm excited to explore that. And I'll let you know when I know, (laughs) um, instead of trying to, oh, I don't know, summarize my entire last year, which would be incredibly impossible. It's been so full of learning and growth and just incredible experiences I decided to just end with a few things that I have been pondering lately as the year is coming to a close and I'd love to bring them up to you for you to think about. I haven't come to any conclusion about these things, but they are excellent food for thought. (laughs) So the first one is what is freedom? What does that mean to you? We all talk about freedom We want freedom in those that I have been coaching and in myself, freedom is one of the things that comes up the most, one of the things we want the most, but what is it? I think a lot of people, when they talk about freedom, mean that they want to be able to do whatever they want, whenever they want without consequences, but the truth is that just doesn't exist. There are always consequences of some kind to absolutely everything we do, say, believe, and choose. They might be internal, external, obvious, or hidden. They might cause gratitude or resentment years down the road, but everything has consequences. It always has. It always will. Okay. So then what? If that's not available, What do we want when we want freedom? For me personally, I have discovered that responsibility is the other side of freedom. Sounds weird. I know. Let me explain. (laughs) We often shrink from responsibility, right? We don't like it. We avoid it. But I've noticed that the more I claim responsibility for myself, my thoughts, my actions, my beliefs, my choices, my outlook, and my attitude. And the more I accept responsibility for the consequences of those things, the more free I feel. When I try to avoid responsibility, the choices and consequences are still there. And by running away, I become a victim. For example, when I make choices or say things, not because I want to, or because it's aligned with my values, but to make other people happy, you know me, I am a recovering people pleaser. Um, that means that if they don't react the way I think they should by, you know, being happy, appreciative, and noticing, I get angry. I feel resentful and I'm just miserable. I'm a victim to their reactions. If I don't take responsibility for my beliefs and my thoughts, I'm a victim to my past. I'm allowing others, my parents, society, to dictate my thoughts and beliefs. If I don't take responsibility for my actions, then I wouldn't be accountable for my actions. So I would never change and I would lose relationships. Basically, you know, do I want to base my choices and how I live my life on other people's actions, thoughts, or beliefs about me? Do I want my internal fulfillment to be based on their internal demons? No, thanks. But that's exactly what happens when I don't take responsibility for it myself. When I feel helpless, hopeless, or resentful, it's a good indication to me that I'm not taking responsibility for myself. I talked about this um, in my podcast episode number 15 as well. If you want to hear more about it, um, it's just been on my mind for a long time and it's come up again at the end of this year. And I've seen it more clearly than I have before. This is a really important point to me So let me give you two examples, a real life example of what it looks like to not take responsibility for myself and what it looks like when I do. A few weeks ago, my husband and I decided that he would make three meals a week. He's somewhat followed through with that, but not fully and not in the way that I had imagined. I have been resentful of that (laughs) for weeks. I felt taken for granted. I felt like it was his fault. And I made up this story in my head about how he doesn't value me and doesn't value his word. (laughs) I could have chosen a long time ago to calmly sit down with him and have been more clear about what I wanted and asked him how he felt about it. I could have communicated about it very easily but instead I stayed resentful and in victimhood. Why? (laughs) Well, I don't know, probably a few things, but maybe it allows me to feel self-righteous. It definitely allows me to feel self-righteous. Like, you know, I always follow through on what I promise. (laughs) I don't, no one does. And like, I'm so hardworking because I make all the meals. Like he's not hardworking doing a ton of other things and also makes meals sometimes. (laughs) So that's not taking responsibility for myself and how I feel. And it's not freedom, right? I'm resentful, angry. I feel small and I feel like it's his fault. So there's nothing I can do about it, (laughs) which of course is total BS. Taking responsibility looks like this acknowledging that I am choosing to not say something and that it's serving me by allowing me to be self righteous. <laughs> something I can catch myself doing frequently. <laughs> um, and, you know, when I acknowledge that, I can decide do I want to stay that way? If not, I can calmly and clearly communicate to Neil what I would like to see and to listen to him and what he feels like he can commit to to come to an agreement, maybe set up some accountability that feels good to both of us. And remembering that my ultimate goal or value is not necessarily for him to make three meals a week, but for me to not be as stressed about cooking all the time. So maybe there's other creative ways to arrive there. You know, being responsible for myself at the very beginning would have looked like me talking to him the first week. It didn't happen before I got resentful and started making up a story about what it was and what it meant. (laughs) that's a a little bit embarrassing. Okay. So a few other things I think might contribute to freedom. Things that you can think about are um, boundaries. One of them is boundaries. And I say that because boundaries keep us safe and safety allows us to fully let go and be free. If we Like if I can set the boundaries of my own freedom, it allows me to really relax and let go within those boundaries. Also, a friend of mine said that her routines really help her be free. That's how she felt the most free was when she had really strong routines in her life. Another kind of boundary. For me, taking responsibility for myself means, yes, setting boundaries and also taking responsibility for my safety and my feeling of safety. So it's all tied in together for me. So what does freedom really mean to you? And what actually creates that in your life? You might be surprised. The second thing I have been noticing is that boundaries create flow. If you think of a river, it only has flow because of the riverbanks. If it comes to this big, wide open plain, all of a sudden it just spreads out and spreads out so wide that it stops flowing. And imagine trying to keep the flow going without riverbanks, (laughs) it would be exhausting. What if it's the same in our life? I hear myself and other people saying they want to live in the flow. What if that's a consequence of having strong boundaries, boundaries of where you spend your time, your money, your energy? No, I won't spend my energy on exhausting narratives like that. I have to be perfect. No, I won't spend my money on things that don't ultimately add to where I want to go in life. No, I won't spend my time with people who don't empower me, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, boundaries are all different for different people because we're all unique, Uh, you know, special snowflakes, and we want different things in life. But if you feel like you have no flow in your life and you feel exhausted, like you're trying to push everything in your life, maybe what you need are some riverbanks. Just something to think about. Number three, my house is almost perpetually messy, except for the very occasional moment here and there. I want to tidy and clean and feel like everything should be a priority for me, including having a clean house, but everything can't be. The other day, I was thinking about how I'm trying to juggle all these balls in the air, you know, the balls of adulthood, and it feels exhausting and impossible sometimes. Why? Because it is. I need a hierarchy of important things in my life. And by definition, everything can't be a priority. So what are my priorities? Well, my date night with my husband every week, because I'm spending every day of my life with him. Quality time with my son because I want to invest into his emotional, physical, and mental well-being because that's the responsibility and joy I accepted when I had him. And I freaking love him. <laughs> I love both of them and they're very important to me. Um another priority is the course that I'm taking right now because it's my first step towards doing what I want to do in this world and you know, it's my piece of what I want to bring to man and womankind. My friendships are also a high priority for me because they are connection, love, stability, and belonging for me. My friends keep me grounded, they call me out, and they just make me a better human being. Everything else has to fall under that. Toys on the floor, just not a priority. And really stopping to realize this made me glad. It made me able to ease up on myself a little bit. So in considering this, I realized that I do, in fact, agree with my priorities. I wouldn't change them in order to have a cleaner house. Some things just have to end up on the bottom of our priorities. So what is it for you? Do you agree with your priorities? Do you agree with how you're spending your time, your energy, your money? Number four, I think it's very possible that in life, we just choose our hard. I'll start with an example. Sometimes I feel like being an adult is really effing hard. And, you know, if you feel that way too, then I'm not the only one. (laughs) There are a lot of things to think about, take care of, and in our high-standard society, we think you have to get everything quote-unquote right, whatever that means. But I've been thinking lately, as hard as being an adult is, it also means I get to choose. I get to choose my life. For the most part, I can do what I want to do and go where I want to go and live the way I want to live. I can communicate with people or not. I can express myself or not. I can buy the food I want within my budget. Um, Obviously, like I mentioned above, I, I set my own boundaries. I take responsibility for my choices, but they're all my choices. Sometimes there's a part of me that just wants to let go of all the responsibilities of being an adult and be a kid again. Let someone else make all the decisions. But... That also means that I would give up my freedoms. My son doesn't plan out his life. I do. He doesn't choose his beliefs. I do, for the next little while anyway. Um, And, you know, he has to eat what I put in front of him or what's in our house. And that's his only choices. He can't say, hey, mom, I don't want spaghetti. I want to go get sushi. See you later. And, uh, you know, hop into a car and go get what he wants. Kids don't have a lot of freedoms, although, you know, I try to give him as much as I can, but I think that must be really hard and probably what a lot of temper tantrums are about. I think being a kid is also really hard. Essentially, this thing I have been pondering is that we choose our heart in life. Like I said, yes, it's hard to take responsibility for your life, It's also hard to be in victim mode and feel like you have no power in your life. It's hard to build a business, but it's also hard to be broke. It's hard to get off the couch and go to the gym, but it's also hard to be uncomfortable in your own body. Yeah, it's hard to have that uncomfortable conversation with your sister, but we all know it's also hard not to. It's definitely hard to face your demons, but it's also hard not to because then they run the show. So I think we choose our hard. Would you agree? What hard are you choosing? And maybe a good follow-up question is what hard choice will get you where you want to go? So there's your thoughts to ponder over the holidays. (laughs) Those and the age-old question of, should I really go back for more Christmas turkey and gravy? (laughs) I hope as you look back on this year, you see a messy, human, beautiful year. And my wish for your 2020 is that it be a perfectly imperfect year of growth in which you have your own back, love your own self, and embrace the entirety of your humanity. I look forward to chatting with you in the new year. This is Phoebe. Thank you for listening to My Messy Lessons. If you'd like to continue this discussion, visit my Facebook group called My Messy Lessons The Community and ask to be accepted into it. I would love to hear about your experiences or questions on these subjects. If you like this podcast and want to get each episode as it comes out, remember to hit the subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. If you have questions, comments, or would like to access the show notes, please visit my website at www.mymessy.com. The intro and closing music is Never Back Down by Floor Broad. See you next week and remember we're all messy that's what makes us beautiful